0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers steal the signing of Serial Dessers. Marco Tilio says his Celtic move has been a long time coming and Joe Lewis leaves Aberdeen after seven years. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Jim Duffy. Yeah, again, uh, Andrew, the... The, you know the transfer uh, window, you know, is, is definitely wide open. Uh, you know, fa- uh, clubs are signing players left, right, and centre now. Fans are getting excited. You know, it's getting coming closer. Obviously, the via play to them it starts a week on Saturday, but and then the league campaign a couple of weeks after that. But nevertheless, uh, you know, Rangers getting that that uh, you know signing from uh, Cremonese over the line. It's another forward player. Um, Michael Beale certainly putting his stamp on his team. Uh, we heard that little brief clip from Marco Tilio uh, in terms of how excited he is to be joining Celtic. We've seen Michael Mandron signing for St Man today. We've seen Dylan Levitt getting over to Hibs yesterday. Um, so, listen, plenty for the fans to get excited about. But uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come. Yeah, let's hear from you tonight. 01419511025, whatever is on your mind. We want to hear from you. Maybe it's transfer business that you want to talk about. Maybe... You are a Celtic fan that's interested in what Marco Tilio had to say today. We'll hear a bit from him later on. Rangers fans, finally that signing of Serial Dessers is over the line. A four-year deal for him. What do you make of your latest signing? Joe Lewis leaving Aberdeen as well after seven years. A long time he was at Aberdeen, Jim. Yeah, and for the vast majority of that, it was automatic number one. But like everyone else, you know... Uh, you know, time catches up in all of us. We've seen uh, Alan McGregor, obviously, uh, towards the end of last season, you know, having his uh, final fling at Rangers. And Joe, I would I would think for a goalkeeper like him, we still have a couple of years to play, uh, you know, at a good level if he wants to. But um, Barry Robson is, again, like a lot of new managers, wanted to uh, do things his way. And uh, unfortunately for Joe, um, his time at Aberdeen's now come to an end. But I've been a magnificent server for him over the last seven years. Yeah, well, you can get involved 01419511025 and you can also tweet us at Clyde SSB. Let's start with that story that came out of Ibrooks last night because Rangers have already made five summer signings. That's now a sixth. Serial Dessers is in the door. I think I read somewhere that it was a year ago today that Rangers had signed Antonio Cholak and that was their first signing of last summer. And they've already made six this summer. So it's quick business that's getting done by Michael Beale. Yeah, well, I think it's been something that's been, uh, you know, um, mentioned in the past, particularly for a lot of the Rangers fans that call up uh, here, Andrew, uh, you know, they, they feel that, they're, you know, they're, they're chasing the business later on. That maybe, uh, you know, they've got to do their business earlier. And with the early rounds of the qualification for Champions League coming up, then, you know, they, they need to bed those players in. So I think it's really good business from Michael Beale and the recruitment team at Rangers. They've always been working on it for a number of months now. Um, but the positive signs are that they're getting them over the line. There's the, I think in previous seasons, there was a lot of talk, a lot of rumours and suggestions about who might come in. Uh, I mean, there's not they're not household names, let's be honest, but I think that they're front players. Um, they've got players with athleticism, with pace, and different compl- uh, complement the team in different ways. Um, so I, I think that's something that Rangers badly needed. Obviously, they've got Abdallah Seaman, they've got Sam Lammers. You know, that obviously, towards the end of last season, they confirmed that, that Kieran uh, Dills would come in. So they've definitely, you know, got m- many more options now for Michael Beale. And it's just about for him managing to fit them into the system he wants to play. Um, but uh, yeah, I think for Rangers fans, again, uh, there'll be real high expectations this season coming up. 
Just on the surface, does this look as if it's Michael Beale's number one striking target, the guy mm. that's going to lead the line? Yes, they might play with two strikers because we've seen Michael Beale do that, but does this look like the main man up top because it looks like a significant outlay, an initial four mm. and a half million pounds. He's a 28-year-old who was playing in Serie A mm. last season. Is that the type of guy you would expect to just go straight into the starting lineup every game? Yeah, I would think so. I think, as you say, I think more the the, the, the outlay. You know, we, we don't know 100%, but even if it's round about four million pounds that is a, a huge amount of money um for for, for rangers to, to be paying yeah yeah listen he's a striker and strikers don't come cheap they're few and far between um he has played you know he was playing with, with Cremonese as he said in the Serra we know it's a notoriously difficult league to score goals on I don't think he's a he's been a prolific hitter either season a couple of seasons where he where he was he scored quite a number of goals. But uh, you know in terms of the way Michael Beale wants to play, he obviously sees him as a perfect fit. So yeah, he does have other options, but I would see him um as being the number one striker and I think you'll find that when it comes to the big games. Um, whether it's in Europe or whether it's uh, domestically he'll be the guy that gets annoyed maybe ahead of the other guys Yeah he has found most of his success in the Netherlands he's played for the likes of Utrecht Heracles he's been at Feyenoord mm. as well where he had a, a successful season in the Europa Conference League where he was the top goal scorer in that competition scored 10 goals but because he's spent so long in Holland we've been speaking to Dutch football expert Michael Statham and he's been giving us the latest on what Rangers fans can expect He is a really good poacher I think he's Good on the counter-attack as well. It's quite quick. Um, and he's a confidence player, one of those who, if he's got fans behind him um, and he's really loved by the club and he's going to get him some minutes, then he does even better. Think of Rangers, he's going to get that same mixture again that he's had at Herakles and Feyenoord. I'm really surprised, actually, that he hasn't been able to score more goals in his career more regularly. He's had a number of disappointing campaigns where... He hasn't then kicked on from having a really, really good season. I feel like at Rangers, he is a really good, quite quite good quality striker. Really good for the league, of course. But in Europe as well, I think he'll score some goals. Unlike Sam Lammers, this is he's a different player. He is more of a goal scorer kind of striker. But this has proven himself a lot more. He's more experienced than Lammers. And I think that out of the two of them, this is the one that's going to get you loads of goals. Um, and I feel much more optimistic about him than I do about Lammers at Rangers. I think Dessers has got all of the right tools to do really well in, in the Scottish League, but because of the confidence that'll give him and the fans getting to like him, I think he'll do well in Europe as well. Yeah, I think on the surface it's easy to look at the fact he's only scored six Serie A goals last season and some Rangers fans may look at that and be concerned, but he was playing for a team who was at the bottom of the table Somewhere, getting yeah. relegated you'd get fewer chances mm -hmm. down there it's also a much higher standard of league it's mm -hmm. one of the top leagues in Europe so it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to a team that are going to be on the front foot more often than not I think like looking at any player uh, you've got to look at the, the assets and the qualities they have um, Andrew you know I remember a few years ago when the likes of Virgil van Dijk was at Celtic people used to say yeah but he's not defending against anyone he's always you know Celtic's always attacking so on and so forth you know you've got to look at the I think you hit you, there was a bit of a narrative that you would get found out down south yeah, as well yeah, exactly. it? which didn't quite happen yeah that, that's what I mean so the, you know, I think that people you know will look at that so so in, in a similar sort of scenario uh, with um, Cremonese they were you know really fighting and struggling so it's difficult to, to be uh, a player if you look at the goals so Michael Beale's got to look and say right what quality does this boy have Is can he finish in the box is he calm in those situations does he have a good uh, awareness spatial awareness can he find space in the box 
Um, if he's looking to play on the counter-attack, is he, is he got athleticism? Is he quick enough? Is he strong enough? And, and the thing that, that you know, and, and the, you know, for, for getting that information from Holland, which would be interesting, was the mentality that was questioned a little bit there, saying, oh, he's a confidence player. You know, listen, that that is something that sometimes you, you don't really get to know until a player is in the door. Mm-hmm. And, and when he's playing, Michael yeah. Beale saying that he adds personality and yeah. leadership to the Rangers side, so he certainly seems convinced of his... Yeah, well, again, they might well, have, they might well have tried to get as much information on the type of character as possible, which is, again, is, is what they should do. When you're, when you're investing that type of money, you've got to try and cover as many bases as you possibly can. But that would be the only, the only one I would look at because, you know, it's a big, big season for Rangers. There's no doubt about that. That they, you know, they didn't win any trophies last year. They must win at least one trophy. Uh, they must be challenging Celtic for the title. Um, and um, obviously, Sergio Dezos is going to be you know an integral part of that. So, like any new player coming to the club, they might need a little bit of settling in time. But it won't get too long to do that. That's for sure. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. Billy is a Rangers fan up first in Clyde Bank. Billy, how pleased are you with the signing of Sergio Dezos? Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased about the signings. Not just him, but the actual signings that Michael Beale's made in this, you know, obviously transfer window. Uh, he came out last year and said that he'd had players in mind and all the rest of it. And we've heard this umpteen times before in years gone past, but this time he's, you know, the Rangers board and the management have just went ahead early enough and he's going to get them in. And I'm I'm really looking forward to the season. But see, before we go into that point, can I just send my best wishes to Edwin Van der Sar, who's obviously in hospital just now with a bleed on the brain. Yeah, yeah, well said, Billy. And I just yep. hope I just hope everything goes well with the guy. Because he was an amazing keeper for Man United at the time. Yeah, he was but, indeed um, well said. But uh, even I'm looking at the, the Celtic side of things with Michelo coming in and all that. I think this is going to be a really good season for Scottish football because, I mean, Rangers are stepping up. They're, they're bringing up players and hopefully Michael Beale can put it into you know, his way of working, as they say. And um, the last five games of the season, you know, after the split last year, you know, showed me a wee bit of confidence. But this season, I just really hope this carries on and... I think it's going to be great for Scottish football. Yeah, you look at the business that Michael Beale has done so far in this window, and because there have been so many signings so far, six, it's impossible to, you know, predict how they're going to do and how they'll settle in and how they'll gel together. But there's no doubting that Michael Beale has gone into this summer with a clear plan mm-hmm. that he's executing early, and he's been backed by the Rangers board as well because Serial Dessers' fee is an initial around four and a half million pounds. Sam Lammers was three, three and a half million pounds as well. Yes, they've had some free transfers in there as well, but Jack Butland, you would expect, would be on a, a good wage as a former England international. So he's certainly being backed and you know he's he's gone and getting his business done early because he, he looks as if he has that plan in mind. Yeah, but they, they, they have to be doing that. You know, I mean, the, the, the Rangers have to have uh, had to invest. There's no doubt about it. As Billy was saying there, yeah, they, you know, it was important. There was been always been a lot of talk about suggestions or they might bring this player in. And, you know... When Michael Beale came in, other than the, the, the games against Celtic up into the last game, you know, that that was really the only negative. You look at it, his, his record was was excellent. But 
there was something missing there was something not quite clicking uh, in these particular games and these are the games that will make the difference perhaps from winning a title and not winning a title and uh, you know they had to change it because the players that had been there had been there for four or five years the vast majority of them and had been proved not good enough for the for the, for the the majority of that time in the key moments in the big games so he's changed that as he's trying to change the dynamics of the style of a team the mentality of the team um, but he's, he needed the backing of the board and they had to back him because they, they couldn't they couldn't turn a blind eye to that and the fans will have to get on board from day one they have to get right behind the team because if if they're edgy from day one then that'll transmit onto the players so the Rangers fans have to support the manager have to get behind them give them the total backing and those new players then can pro, uh, would possibly thrive Billy, do you feel that with six signings in the door that Michael Beal still has quite a bit of business to do or do you think that's most of it done for Rangers and there will maybe only be one or two more through the door? I think there's another... Well, Michael Beal's obviously Mount said he's looking for another two, possibly. But um, I I think once he gets his, them in place, it's, it's going to be a different season for us totally. And I'm really looking forward to it and I'm more optimistic this season. Those last few games of the season you talked about, is that the standard you're looking for again at the start of next season? Well, I'm looking for that standard plus a wee bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's you the thing, I mean? Billy. You know, you, you know, you, I say if you look at Michael Beale's record in terms of wins and you know the games played, goals scored, all these type of things, you know, it was very, very impressive. But it, just just that little bit of, of extra, and it'll be interesting as you mentioned there. Um, Michael Beale's still relatively inexperienced as a manager and being up against Brendan Rodgers who's very experienced as a manager but again he's inheriting a style and a team that's just different to the way Brendan Rodgers plays so you know the, it'll be interesting to see how he puts his stamp but Michael Beale is definitely saying this is my team now and he will you know um, implement his style of play I think it seems to be a very positive style of play very on the front foot I think it'll be an entertaining style of play but the most important thing for any manager has to be a winning style of play and that'll be the key um, to see how successful Rangers are next year. In terms of numbers now, Billy, because those six have come in, Rangers do have quite a big squad. Yes, there were you know, the five senior players that were released at the end of the season, but would you expect to see quite a few players go in the other direction before the deadline? I think there will be another couple of players in that, like uh, Kamara. And that, um, I think there will be a few players going out. Yeah, I mean, Glenn Kamara's a, a very interesting one, Jim, because I remember Andy Halliday standing in this studio when Michael Beale was just about to be announced as returning to Rangers, and he said the one player he felt would benefit the most from Michael Beale coming back was Glenn Kamara, because he said when they were all together at Rangers that, you know, Glenn Kamara was basically Michael Beale's favourite player, yeah. he was the one he couldn't get enough of. Mm. Mike, uh, Glenn Kamara really struggled to even get off the bench towards the end of yeah. last season it now looks as if he could be the one of the ones out the door last summer yeah it's very very strange because I mean a couple of years ago you know I think they were talking maybe you know 5 million plus for Glenn Kamara I mean he's a, a, a very influential and integral part of the Finnish national side um, you know he was, he was terrific in his first um, few seasons uh, with Rangers but you're right I think a lot of people thought when Michael Beale came back to the club because he was he was a, almost an automatic choice under Steven Gerrard they were what but it didn't quite I don't know whether that was the fact is that he was almost out the door you know they kind of changed their mind at the last minute for whatever reason and the, and the boy came back to the club and perhaps 
he was disenchanted. I'm not sure. Maybe there was you know a uh, you know situation where no one was happy about it, and and, and he maybe lost a little bit of hunger. I, I really don't know that. There's only the club and the player would know that. But nevertheless, I think it's time for uh, Glenn Kamara to move on. And I'm I'm very surprised there's not clubs. Um, really, you know, uh, you know, quite a lot of clubs coming in for him because he's a very, very talented player. He's just ran his course at Rangers. But what we're talking about earlier on about about Cyril Dessers, because he's had a little dip, doesn't mean he's not a good player. It just means it's just it's not happening for him at Rangers. But I think if he went to another club, and I think he's more than good enough to go down and play at a decent level down south or Europe. So I think he will be one of the ones, and I still think there'll be three or four that will move on. Um, and then the, the you know the, the ones that have had long term injuries like Tom Lawrence and things like that they will add eventually um, to a very very strong Rangers squad this year. Well, thank you to Billy. Still plenty to get through tonight. We'll hear from New Celtic signing Marco Tilio as well. So give us a call: oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy here with me Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard we want to hear from you as well 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB I know we stick to football here but I just have seen that Andy Murray has unfortunately been knocked out of Wimbledon not to be this year yeah, I'm gutted for Andy. I mean, obviously, I've been mean, on the programme over the years and I just love my tennis and I love Andy Murray. I just think he's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal sportsman and, uh, you know, just uh, a credit to Scotland. And I, I still, I've said this before, I can't believe uh, the criticism that comes his way at times. Um, he's, he's one of the, the greatest sportsmen this country's ever produced in an era where you've had the greatest tennis players of Federer and Nadal and Djokovic. I think he's still won over 30 or 40 you know, major titles. So, incredible. But, listen, father time waits for no man and, and, and metal hips don't help. So, I think that to take uh, Titsipas to five sets is still a very, very credible performance. But he, he I'm sure, listen, he, he, he said himself he, he was in good shape. He felt as if he could go far in this tournament. And I'm sure it'll be absolutely gutted. Yeah, Andy Murray out of Wimbledon. I was going to say let's stick to what we know mm. in football, but I'm sure many people would argue that that's not the case either. But uh, <laughs> let's hear from you on the phones. 0141-951-1025. Carolyn is a Rangers fan up next in Mary Hill. Carolyn, how are you? Uh, evening, guys. Hi, how Carolyn. Good. All Hi. good, all good. How are you oh, feeling about what's going on at Rangers at the moment? Super excited, actually. Actually, I'm to get through into the start of the season. Um, when he touched down on Beal, uh, this is Beal's time to shine now. This is his chance. He's brought his own players in. That six through sign is coming through the door. Um, <clears throat> quite happy because they're actually like six to odds for a change. So they're actually big, strong players, which we need a bit of physical aggression to get on in there as well, and a bit of more pace. Um, I think. I think they'll play quite well around. I think they'll build the team around Cantwell and Raskin, hopefully. Uh, for me, watching, I'm a season ticket holder at Ibrox. Um, I watched Cantwell and I'm absolutely over the moon with his performance. I think he contributes quite well to the club. Um, and I just think this is Bill's time to shine now. He's got to put this right now because obviously Celtic are closing the gap on the titles and leagues and wins and cups, etc. Um, and we need to do this right. Uh, last year, obviously, it wasn't really his team, so you've got to kind of He's kind of bed himself back in. It's all about their commitment as well and their passion when they want to play for the club. Like some of the players, we spoke about in the past that Kent Morales at the door. I think we've just been too long with the club now. And folk have got to know their style of play. This is his time for Bill to step up. 
and you know put the goods on the table for the supporters. You know, we need to get right behind them, and also the board. It seems to be the board's kind of back to a bit better this time. Then, like, you know, like we do, then I felt we didn't get much back, but Bill needs to step up now and, and prove to fans that this is his team now, and we need to start bringing a bit of silverware in. Yeah, Jim Carolyn's saying that this is. Michael Beale's time to shine the fact that he will now have a full pre-season with his mm-hmm. players under his belt by the time the start of the season comes around he'll have had a full summer transfer window as well he'll now feel come the start of the season that this is his Rangers team yeah I mean listen he's, he's a manager of Rangers and Rangers have to win trophies I mean you hear it said time and time again whether it's new players that sign you know they know themselves they'll say you know, the expectations is we've got to be winning trophies we've got to be challenged for titles uh, you know that that's a gimme. If you're a manager of Rangers, you have to accept that responsibility. It comes with with that job, and uh, you know you have to you have to do it on a regular basis. It's not just every now and again. But as Carolyn was saying there, I think uh, particularly I think the, the the confidence that the Rangers fans and the Rangers board got for the likes of Cantwell and Raskin in particular, I think you know helped Michael Beale because I think if your if your first couple of signings don't maybe quite uh, reach the heights, then there's always a wee bit of you know suspicion there that you maybe listen. Do you know the right players? Can you bring the right players in? But I think those two two players in particular um, were such a success that um, you know that that gave the board real belief that. Um, that the manager can, can can recruit top players. And I think that's it. But it's again, it's about getting the blend right, getting the balance right. You know, you need a strong competition, you need a strong squad, there's no doubt about that. But as, as Carlin was saying, they need silverware. And there, there's no doubt about that. You can play football, you can win a lot of games, but it's the crucial games that count. It's get past those semi-finals into finals and then when you get to the final, it's winning. It's having a winning mentality. And that is the most difficult part of any top-level footballer is having a winning mentality, knowing how to win games, you know, knowing how to get over the line. And that's something that Michael Beale still got to prove. Because Michael Beale has said that he likes to go out and speak to players and he's mm-hmm. flown out to Italy mm-hmm. to speak to Sam Lammers and to speak to Cyril Dessers mm-hmm. and it's the phrase he used, to look them in the eye. Mm-hmm. Is that what he'll be looking for, essentially, in those discussions that these are the players that can you know, can handle the big occasion and the pressure that they have that winning mentality. Yeah, absolutely. You get a feeling for a player, you know, you 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 know, use your own your own initiative, you know, and your own intu- intuition uh, when you're when you're speaking to a player. And I think that that's vital. There's a lot of players that do negotiations through an agent, through a third party, they do all that kind of stuff. You know, you like the player, the player, you know, gets the personal terms and then they come into the club. They've never met the manager. You know, and the manager might want to play in a slightly different style or want to want to tweak the player's um, style of play, all these kind of things. So I think when Michael Beale goes and speaks to him, he absolutely addresses all those issues. He says, this is the way I see you playing. This is how important you are to, to Rangers next season. Um, th- these are the club's ambitions and targets. And he lays it all on the line for the player. And if he gets the right, as you say, eye contact, the right feeling there, he'll say, right, this is the guy I want to bring in. So you know, I think it's really good management. But as I said, you know, that's great management uh, in July. You know, it's got to be great management by the end of April, the start of May next season. Carolyn, you mentioned you'd been impressed with Todd Cantwell and Nicholas Raskin and the impact they'd had since January. Do their performances give you confidence that Michael Beale will be bringing in the right players this summer? I think so, because obviously he's done his homework and to bring Todd Cantwell in and to Raskin, as I said, the first two signings he's brought in, uh, I think a lot of Rangers fans have been quite impressed. Uh, maybe took a wee bit for Raskin to kind of kickstart a bit, but obviously he's had, like, Todd Cantwell's an attacking midfielder more 
yeah, going ahead and more I would say that Rask is more like a defending midfielder sort of a, you know kind of helping at the back four or in the, the centre uh, centre back or whatever position he wants to fall down to uh, I just feel that I Cantwell's done it for me and I think we we'll get that um, other boy from Norwich coming in as well obviously uh, he's obviously took a, he took a look at the signings and I think he's done his homework this time he's, because he's got to address this and he's got to get it right because obviously the board are looking for results now and we need commitment as well it's not just about that it's about trusting the players to perform in the day as I said we're closing the gap in Celtic and I, I, obviously I would say the last four games regardless of what any fan says I just think the Rangers were the better side and you can see you know they're hungry to win it but it's not about just winning the games it's about winning silverware to me and I just think Campbell's the man for me this season as they can work around about him and he can supply the forwards you know, get a bit fruity. Obviously, I don't know where Sholak stands on this, but uh, obviously you've got good pacey. Um, you've got that uh, Desert coming in there as well, so he's meant to be a wee bit of a poacher and a wee bit of pacey. So, fingers crossed that I've got good confidence in this league and we need to go out there and just go for it. And we need to say, come off the traps fast because the, the first game is a way to Kilmarnock. There's three kind of... I would say they're quite hard games to start off with, and then we hit Celtic on the 3rd of September, and we really need to get the charts fast and bring results back, points back every game. Well, thank you to Carol and Sorry, 01419511025. If you want to be up next, let's hear from new Celtic winger Marco Tilio, shall we? He's been speaking to the media for the first time since joining Celtic today. I think with him being Australian, there was people making the links between whether Ange Postacoglu was the one that had, uh, you know, put the wheels in motion in bringing him to the club. He said that Ange Postacoglu, he hadn't actually spoken to him, but Celtic had been tracking him for a few years. Um, I never spoke to Ange, um, but I know I've spoken to the club uh, for a number of years now and they've had a plan to track for, um, for me. Um, and, yeah, I think now with the new gaffer um, coming in, um, I spoke to him before I signed and he had a great plan for me and for the club and I just wanted to be a part of that. Since I moved to Melbourne City three years ago, um, it was my goal to get over to Europe and um, here I am with an opportunity that's presented itself and I just can't wait to get started work on what I can do and that's perform on the field. Previous Celtic players have came from Australia, have you taken advice from them? Yeah, I have uh, spoke to Aaron Moy uh, before making my decision and um, obviously being involved in the national team with him a few times, um, yeah, just couldn't speak highly enough of the club and the people at the club and um, yeah, just really brought my attention that I really wanted to do this and join this big, big great club. Yeah, that Australian link, we've seen at Celtic, Tom Rogic came in and mm-hmm. as soon as he left Aaron Moy was in yeah, pretty much and then after that there was then Marco Tilio mm-hmm. as well but interesting one that because I think a lot of people would have just thought well you know Ange Postacoglu would know him from Australian football mm-hmm. but you know he's saying that it's, this has been a long time coming really I mean Ange Postacoglu probably did know him but, but he maybe wasn't the instigator of it but I think it's just the, the way the game has developed over the last few years I think uh, you know in Scottish football in particular but gen- generally uh, in the UK there's been an awful lot of Australians that have come in um, over, particularly over the last two or three seasons um, but you know there, there's the odd one here over over the decades like Harry Kuehl who's a coach at, at Celtic just now but uh, but I think that it's something that you know that people are looking at the market now in a different a, a different way um, the football has, has improved in Australia uh, as well as a number of other countries and as I said you know we've, we've seen players coming in from you know, the, the Asian countries, America, you know, South America, and, and Australia now seems to be a bit of a hotbed for young talent 
Um, as I said, and Celtic seem to have got another one there with Marco Tilio. So, yeah, it's great. It's great. As I said, I think it's great. It's great for the game. You're bringing in different players from different countries. I think they can always add something. Obviously, with Jota leaving for Celtic, there was a bit of a gap there in terms of another wide player. Still got um, Maeda, who just signed that new contract. Uh, there's there's a, a bit of rumour still about Abad that doesn't seem to go away. I know, again, at 21 years of age, there's always going to be a bit of interest in him. But uh, from Marco Tilio's point of point of view, then I think it's, yeah, it seems to be good timing. Uh, uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers has uh, obviously rubber-stamped this as well. I'm sure if he didn't fancy it, um, he would have said, no, listen, that, that this one is, is, is not for me, but he's he's given that the green light. So the, the, the player is, seems to be thrilled. And, and I think rightfully so, no disrespect to, to Melbourne, but, you know, the move to Celtic is a huge career move for the boy. 01419511025 Robbie is a Celtic fan in Falkirk Robbie what's on your mind tonight? Good evening panel I would just like to make the point to Jim about uh, Dyson Maeda Jim I would just like to say that I'm really really happy that Dyson Maeda has signed a new deal a four year deal mm-hmm. uh, I quite like him as a player I like him off the ball I think he's a wee bit obviously he's top heavy on uh, the off the ball stuff compared to uh, when he's got the ball at his feet, but I still think he's a wee bit underrated with the ball at his feet. Um, I like his low crossing gym. I think mm-hmm. that's quite consistent, but I think his high crossing is, a, is where he overhits out of the park uh, quite often. That said, the one that he got for Jota in the semi-final for Jota's with the header was uh, a brilliant delivery, but uh, and even his final ball, his touch, he can be, you know, he can run it, he can run it out of the park as well, like we've done against Rangers in that semi-final on a number of occasions. He's just a wee bit inconsistent, Jim, but I think in the main, I think he's build-up play when he's got his wee flicks playing other people in. I think he has actually no, no as bad as what other people make him out to be, but I understand that, uh, uh, you know, it can be a wee bit kind of inconsistent with the ball at his feet. And the thing that I really want to say is, who do you think him as a player, Jim? And do you think that Rio Hotate will look across and say, well, there's my two Japanese compatriots, there's... Koyogo signing a new deal and there is Maeda signing a new deal and you think that that could influence Rio Hotati and I want to make another point after that Yeah I mean just regarding uh, Dyson Maeda I, I think that some of the points you make Robbie I think are quite relevant he can be a wee bit erratic sometimes in the final um, movement in the final decision making but I think a little bit of that was because of the tempo Celtic played at under Ange Postacoglu. Celtic played at such a high tempo. You know, the, yeah, we know the phrase never stop, but it literally was like that at times. And I think sometimes you just need to put the brakes on a little bit and just calm down. But I think that Maida was so important to the style and the, and the manner that, that Ange played in terms of how he pressed and, you know, on the front foot and Kyogo was like that as well. You know, they, they really, the front players were really you know, non-stop I think Brendan Rodgers will play a high tempo, but just slightly different. There's a little bit more control about the game, and I think that might suit Maida, so his decision-making be a little bit better. You go on a bit low crosses, but I think if you you only can put low crosses into a box when you've got Kyogo, you know. So I think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't. If you looked at the amount of goals that Celtic scored last year and the amount of goals that uh, Maida was involved in, I think that's a really good return in terms of assists and things like that. You know, he didn't have maybe the flair of, of Jota, but very, very important because he stretches defenses. Not many teams can leave him one and one, so they double up and that leaves space for the likes of Hattati and 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 Matt O'Reilly and guys like that. So you know, I think he's a very, very important player and Hatati uh, would, would the influence it be yeah probably could but nevertheless it all depends on players individual ambitions uh, Maeda and Kyogo have both made it perfectly clear they're absolutely thrilled to be signing those new long term deals 
uh, Hatati might might want to he, he join his compatriots, but he also might have have uh, bigger ambitions to go and try and play in the in the English Premiership. We are running slightly late for the travel, Robbie. Just quickly, what was your second mm-hmm. point? No, I was just like to say to Jim, Jim, uh, I was uh, in agreement with you when Ange Postacoglu was maybe a wee bit too gung-ho in Europe and you were slightly critical. You weren't saying go 10 men behind the ball and be totally defensive. You were saying, and I'll accurately quote you, you've got to make the tweaks. I think that Brendan Rodgers, he's went a wee bit more since he's went down to Leicester. The top teams, he's openly admitted that he's went a wee bit more defensive and a wee bit more pragmatic. And I think what you call what you wanted to see in Ange Postacoglu You'll, be, you'll see with Brendan Rodgers in Europe now because he's learned that he's got to be a wee bit pragmatic now. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think you all have to be a little bit. Listen, you know, I think you want to, you know, you have a philosophy and Brendan Rodgers has got it. Ange Postecoglou had it and it's fantastic to watch. It's so entertaining. If you're a Celtic fan, that's what you've grown up with. That's that's your tradition. You can't go away from that. But when you play the, the big guns in Europe, you, ha- you have to be realistic and know that you're not quite at that level and therefore you have to be a little bit more tactical and just as you say, a little bit more pragmatic. So I, yeah, I, I think we'll use that word again, tweak. I think Brendan will just tweak it a, a little bit when he comes into that competition well thank you to Robbie but before the break let me tell you about this oh you're kidding me on oh thank you oh my goodness the cash register well earlier today Claire from Greenock picked up on the third ring and she knew the amount she wrote the cash register prize amount on her hand to remember as well and won £35,000 and she's looking forward to treating herself to a holiday I've been out of work for the past couple of years like due to long term sickness so I feel like I should be saying something sensible like a deposit but no <laughs> a holiday for sure and now it's your chance to win £36,036 on Monday when we make the next call. But you need to be in the draw. Enter now. Text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. If you get a call from us after three o'clock on Monday, answer within five rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2 or call 0330-880-4523. Calls are charged at the standard rate. Over 18s only and all the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website. Text YES to 61025 for your chance to win £36,036. Good luck. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Still time for you to get involved as well. 0141-951-1025. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB as well. We touched on it earlier in the show, Jim, but Joe Lewis leaving Aberdeen seven years he was there. It just kind of seems like the right time, doesn't it? Because Kel Roos was obviously the number one last year Ross Doohan who was a former Celtic youth player Mm -hmm. he's now 25 he was down at Forest Green Rovers but he's made the move there now it seems a sort of natural parting of the ways Yeah well Kel Roos had a fantastic season you know I think he was you know the very very um, solid and reliable um, pull off some great save for Aberdeen as you mentioned Joe has been pretty much the number one in that whole time. So I think when you get to say well, you're no longer the number one, it must become really frustrating for you and disappointing. So you've got a choice to make as well. Do you want to continue and, and go and play, as I said, as that number one? Or are you happy to maybe sit 
and be the support goalkeeper. But they've brought Ross Doon in. Again, young goalkeeper. I know Ross had, had him for a, a little while when I was at Morton many years ago on loan from Celtic. Very good with his feet. Modern day goalkeeper. Terrific use of the, the, the ball from the back. And again, as most managers will do, particularly at the top level, that's really, really important for a goalkeeper. So they've got two top goalkeepers now. Aberdeen, as, a, as we mentioned earlier on, Dylan Levitt signing for Hibs coming from Dundee United. And again, a significant investment from him from his point of view. They'll be expecting, I think, a lot better. They had a poor start last year and got a bit better. So, yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting uh, league this year. Um, the thing surprised me a wee bit at the moment. I think it'll change. But with only Marco Tellio and uh, Thiago Holman for, for, for Brendan Rodgers, they're two young potential players. But there hasn't been what I would call someone who's going to be really challenging those key players that, are, that have been uh, playing over the last 18 months for Celtic, and particularly with Aaron Moy retiring, I think there's a little gap in there. So it'll be interesting. I think the next couple of weeks will be big weeks for Celtic and Brendan Rodgers. And we've seen Rangers uh, the last little while getting the publicity for signing those players. I think it'll be Celtic's turn in the lead up to the start of the season. Well, Alec is a Celtic fan in Renfrew. Do you go along with that, Alec? Are you expecting some big signings in the next few weeks? Thanks, Andrew. Big Jim's just stole my thunder there. <laughs> Uh, Jim, you're absolutely right. Brendan Rodgers has been back for two weeks today. Mm -hmm. It's been quiet, uh, obviously, for the big names coming in. We've got the, the Australian boy and the other boy, the mid-centre mid half. Mm -hmm. But uh, I can see Brendan Rodgers pulling two, three, four rabbits with the, the hat next week with good quality signings. Good quality uh, signings that will take us into the Champions League. I really don't see where the, the negative thoughts are people saying that we've not done this, we've not done that, give him a wee bit of time, he's doing his homework and we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, it's still very early in the window and, you know, people may look across the city and Rangers mm -hmm. making six signings, but because there's been that upheaval at Celtic with Ange Postacoglu leaving and Brendan Rodgers coming in, it's only natural that they'll take a bit more time to get their transfer business done. Yeah, but also Rangers had to make the signings. Mm -hmm. Celtic didn't. Yeah. Celtic, Celtic had a very, very strong squad and, uh, you know, I, I don't think that there's, there was the same need and the same rush um, to do it. Rangers had to get them in early. But I think that, as, as Alec was saying, uh, Brendan Rodgers, first and foremost, had to just settle himself into the job I think he took a little bit of breathing, didn't do that automatic, um, you know, press um, conference and that, uh, Andrew, as you would well know. He took a little bit of time, just gathered his thoughts and then I think he's, he's, he just seems to be a wee bit calmer uh, in, in those type of situations and I think that's the way he'll, he'll approach the, the recruitment side of it, just taking his time. But he will have, you know, plenty of options with the recruitment team and uh, again, doing all their homework and I don't think there'll be any issue, but I think the difference between the two young boys have brought in, I think, are potential and they will develop over a period of time. Uh, I think he needs maybe just a couple of signings just to give him real competition in the key areas uh, in the starting 11. And I think that's, that always takes a little bit more and is also a little bit more expensive. Those rabbits out the hat that you were talking about, Alec, are there any ideas in mind, whether it's specific players or positions that you think Brendan Rodgers will be looking at? I think we need, Andrew, I think we need a new centre-half to maybe challenge, uh, uh, no Carter Rickers. Uh, Carol one. Starfield. Carol Starfield. We need, uh, obviously, there's a lot of talk in the papers about Kieran Tierney maybe coming back, but I think Taylor done a great job the last couple of seasons. No, Andrew, I don't know. I'm leaving that up to uh, the Celtic coaching people and the, the staff because they're obviously a lot more knowledgeable than what I am. As I say, Big Jim just stole my thunder there mm -hmm. again. We're saying that. Sorry, Alex. Sorry, sorry, Jim. Uh, but I, I reading yesterday, we've got something like ninety million pound in the bank, uh, and then we've got the Champions League money. I've got absolutely no fears of the coming season coming at all. Yeah, I think this. I mean, listen, 
Yes, the one thing you'll know whether it's a, a Brendan Rodgers side is that they're going to be on the front foot they're going to play attacking football I mean the last time obviously you know almost the perfect record in terms of winning things and, and the amount of goals scored the invincible season so on and so forth I think there'll be a real competition this year I think Rangers will put up a real challenge to, to, to Celtic for, for all the trophies but I think that Celtic will um, you know as I say will strengthen uh, but they have a very, very good squad. The players know each other. Yeah, there'll be a little, you know, maybe, uh, you know, um, Brendan Rodgers style to, to, to the way they want to play. And that, that has to be, he has to adapt. Uh, the players will have to adapt a little bit. But uh, over the piece, I think that, um, you know, Carter Vickers was immense. As you see, Alistair Johnson coming halfway through last year, I think was immense. You know, you, you're maybe looking at the front area. We we all been the, the backup to to Kyogi, you'd expect him to be better this year, but that's one area again, think perhaps could, could there be something in that area, um, and again in the midfield for me with with Aaron Moy going, uh, there might be a little bit of a, a, a requirement for, for someone who just maybe sits with Callum McGregor, who we know normally plays all the games, but you know, there's a, there's always a time where he picks up a little injury. Do they have a natural replacement for him? So water, a, potentially. Yeah, yeah, potentially. But I think there's a couple of you know a couple of areas there that uh, that, that can be strengthened um, in terms of competition. Mm -hmm. But as I said, if you looked at it as in starting eleven or, or or a 15, 16 squad there, uh, Celtic are very very strong and still, the, as far as I'm concerned, still the team to beat. Is there a pressure, an external pressure, maybe from? for Celtic to spend money in this window with the Jota deal there was the update on the London Stock Exchange where they said that their finances are significantly better than mm. expected with um, those transfer fees coming in do you think there is a sort of wider expectation that Celtic will now go out and break the bank or whatever cliche you want to use I don't know if they'll break the bank because we keep saying this all the time Andrew and I know the guys like Hugh and that, you know, it's, it's not always the fact that you want to throw money it's the fact that world players come and play in Scotland that's the thing it's a Scottish competition you know it's a Scottish league it's not one of the you know as regards as one of the high, highest leagues or the best leagues in the world so you might throw a ton of money at it but you know, unless you're getting to the, the Saudi money then you're not going to attract some of the, some of the players because they want to play at a certain level but nevertheless I, I think that a club the stature of Celtic the tradition the style of football uh, and also the fact is if you are a player that does have ambitions to go and play Celtic have got that track record of doing that so I think that's more an attraction um, rather than perhaps as you say a big name signing I still think it could be you know, over, the, over the course if you looked at Dembele or Edward or any of these type of guys that type of signing where you just under the radar and ready to mature well thank you very much to Alec Unfortunately that is all we've got time for tonight It's been another quick week on Clyde One Super Scoreboard But don't worry We'll be back again from Monday night Roger Hanna will be in the studio with me And I'm sure there will be plenty more going on as well But thank you for listening in Thank you for your calls and your tweets Thank you to Jim Duffy in the studio But stay right there Because it's the only way to kick off your weekend Up next It's the GBX